Welcome back to the Naked Truth. Peace to you. We're almost through with the book of Joshua, so I guess I'm from packing in so many on today on this Labor Day. We're up to Joshua chapter 20, and uh, we've moved through the last few ones pretty quickly because they're just basically laying out boundaries of the land for what's called the promised land for the congregation to go in and uh, occupy. So um, we moved through them pretty quickly, so I figured might as well just go ahead and do another one. It's pretty short anyway. So if you want to read along with me, we're going to begin chapter 20 of Joshua, verse 1. The Lord also spoke to Joshua, saying, so that, like I keep pointing out, contradicts what another part of the Bible says, that no one has seen God or heard his voice at any time. Yet, you see here, they're saying the Lord is speaking with another person. Just as we've read, the Lord has wrestled with people, sat down and eat, ate, ate meals, a meal with someone, um, and appeared to people. So, it says that in one part of the Bible, and it contradicts it in another. You don't have to take my word for it. You can read it yourself. The book of John is just one example. Chapter 1 says just the opposite of what we're reading here. So, that, to me, like I keep saying points to the fact that there's more than one religion in the Bible. There's more than one entity being called Lord and worshipped as the Lord throughout the Bible. And in this instance, um, the Lord is being referred to or translated from the name Jehovah again, um, as we've um, read previously. But it's not always that way. It's not always consistently translated from the name Jehovah. But in this instance, it is. Um, so uh, that's who's speaking with Joshua in according to what we're reading. So whether I believe it's God Almighty or not, I'm just reading it to you as it reads. Verse 2, speak to the children of Israel, saying, appoint for yourselves cities of refuge, of which I spoke to you through Moses. So um, uh, again, Moses is another person who was having conversations with the Lord, apparently, even though the New Testament contradicts that also. Although, at least in the case of Moses, it was a burning bush where he first um, was having a conversation. So, it's not like he was seeing God at that point. But then, at another point, it very clearly says how the Lord passed before Moses um, and he just hid his face from him. Or um, And time and time again, where Moses talked to the Lord according to the narrative. Um so make sense of it how best you can, but it's clear contradiction, so uh, that's undeniable. But what's being referred to here in verse 2 it are um, cities of refuge. That's where people, well, it's going to go into it in the next verse, but it's um, the equivalent would be, um, well, let's just read the next verse and see. They, they were told to set up cities of refuge, meaning people could, uh, refugees could go there for safe harbor but the reason would be this in chapter in verse 3 that the slayer who kills a person accidentally or unintentionally may flee there and they shall be your refuge from the avenger of blood so that someone doesn't face the death penalty that's what the avenger of blood is all about and sometimes it's the nearest of kin of the person who was slain sometimes it's the government um, but it's so that that person doesn't have to worry about facing the death penalty for uh, manslaughter. That's what the manslayer is talking about. Someone who accidentally kills someone, um, not intentionally murdering someone so that they can have safe harbor. They can live 
freely, but only in one of those cities of refuge. But they're confined to those cities of refuge. They're not supposed to leave the borders of those cities of refuge. And if they do, then the death penalty is awaiting them. Or at least it, they're free game if they are, if they do. Verse 4, And when he flees to one of those cities and stands at the entrance of the gate of the city and declares his case in the hearing of the elders of that city, they shall take him into the city as one of them and give him a place that he may dwell among them. So um, someone can just go there. Someone can go there if they accidentally killed someone, it says, and they're to be given refuge there. But you could imagine what kind of lawless place that would be if everyone who kills someone, accidentally or not, just flees there and makes it to the gate of that city and says, oh, it was an accident, oh, it was unintentional, it was manslaughter, it was a murder, and then you have to take the person in there, and the people who are looking for you for that blood you shed aren't allowed to go after you there. So you can imagine if the people who are there uh, weren't all actually so innocent of, um, uh, or of that murder, but actually were murderers, and I mentioned this previously, like how you see in um, the Old West as depicted in Gunsmoke. Shooting someone in the back was automatically considered murder. Even if the person was armed, it was considered murder because the person clearly wasn't a threat to you. Because how can they shoot you if they're not even facing you? Um, but you see, all of that's changed in modern times. The law enforcement is giving a license, given a license to kill with that um, qualified immunity where they kill people left, right, and sideways, especially black people, unarmed black people, and it's still not called murder. They still get to stay employed. They even get sometimes switched from department to department and to go and terrorize other people. So even though this nation claims to be, pretends to be a God-fearing Christian nation, it doesn't follow the teachings of Christ. It doesn't even follow these Old Testament teachings about what um, qualifies as murder and qualifies as manslaughter. It just doesn't. That also is indisputable. But it's talking about back then that people who are guilty of manslaughter are allowed a place of refuge where they aren't to receive the death penalty. And as long as they make it to one of these specific cities. Verse 5, Then if the avenger of blood pursues him, they shall not deliver the slayer into his hand, because he struck his neighbor unintentionally, but did not hate him beforehand. So it talks about, it's referring to premeditated murder there, that you don't actually, the person killed someone, but they didn't kill them intentionally or by plotting it out, planning it out, and lying in wait for them. They just accidentally killed someone. But all of this contradicts what happens pre what happened previously if people are going to say the closer to the beginning is how or i forget what they call the doctrine of uh first something or other it slips my mind but if, if people who believe that the closer to the beginning things are the truer they are well if that's the case then death penalty shouldn't be in effect at all for manslaughter or for murder because we read in genesis the very first time someone was killed in the bible when Cain killed Abel, it was murder. He um, rose up against him and killed him. And he was afraid of the death penalty. And the Lord, in that narrative, outlawed the death penalty and said that if anyone dares try to go after Cain with the death penalty, then that person is going to have to pay. And so you see how America twists things for... Uh, perverts what it says, even though it says it right there in black and white, 
or in the case of Christianity in red letters, we'll twist all of that, ignore all of that in favor of corruption and plain old wickedness. I don't know how else to say it. Um, and then still pretend to be godly and Christian. It's none of those things. It's anti-Christ to even do those things. And it seems to me a nation that does that has a heavy price to pray, pay. Because as it says back in the beginning, the land, the bloodshed in the land calls out for um, for for uh, revenge. It, there's going to have to be a price to be paid for killing people. Whether you're doing it intentionally or doing it accidentally or doing it um, state-sanctioned murder, a.k.a. the death penalty. Um, but again, that's what religion will do. Verse 6, And he shall dwell in that city until he stands before the congregation for judgment, and until the death of the one who is high priest in those days. Then the slayer may return and come to his own city and his own house, to the city from which he fled. So that's the sentence that's to be given according to this passage for manslaughter. You're to flee to those cities of refuge. In modern times, I guess that would be like being on probation or parole um but banished from your own area um but not subject to the death penalty and then once the high priest who's um active in that time passes away in that area in that city then you're allowed to return to your own city again i guess that and then you're scot free and the people who um who may have been looking for you aren't allowed to go after you anymore because you've done your time in that city of refuge so again you could imagine what kind of uh, towns those were uh, verse 7 so they appointed Kadesh in Galilee in the mountains of Naphtali Shechem in the mountains of Ephraim and Kerjath Arba which is Hebron in the mountains of Judah so those are the different cities of refuge that they appointed for all of the congregations to send their manslayers to so you know that had to be uh, a whole lot of manslaughter going on for them to need entire cities for people to flee to when they've been um, um, when they've committed that when they've committed that kind of killing um, so it's how I read so let's keep reading verse 8 and on the other side of the Jordan by Jericho eastward they assigned Bezer in the wilderness on the plain from the tribe of Reuben Ramoth and Gilead from the tribe of Gad and Golan and Bashan from the tribe of Manasseh. Um, so those are the cities on the east side of the Jordan River for the tribes the who took up residence there. They um, saw the land there that they wanted to occupy there, massacred the people who lived there, didn't go with them, go to them with a uh, peace treaty offering like they were commanded to, like we read about them being commanded to as they began to enter the promised land but instead kill the kings and people who lived there and have taken their land as their own on the east side of the Jordan River. Um, so these other cities um, are their cities of refuge for them. And again, none of this aligns with what happened with the very first murder or killing, I should say, with Cain and Abel. And yet you see it active again here. And it's, I think it's significant because as we keep reading, that, like I mentioned before, there's going to be another Sodom and Gomorrah style story that arises in one of these cities of refuge. So it gives you a better idea of what kind of people are um, are there. Not all of them, it seems, are all that innocent. They may be innocent of murder, but they don't seem all that innocent um, 
in the grand scheme of things, when we get to that um, to that narrative later on, God willing, we get there. Um, but it gives it paints a paints a clearer picture of um, these whole cities set up with for people to flee to who have killed people. Uh, and again, it says by accident or unintentionally, but they've still shed blood, and it's cities full of that um, on both sides of the river. Verse nine. These were the cities appointed for all the children of Israel and for the stranger who dwelt among them, that whoever killed a person accidentally might flee there and not die by the hand of the avenger of blood until he stood before the congregation. So again, it's saying that those are the areas that the people who are guilty of manslaughter can go to for safety and um, not worry about the death penalty hunting them down um, for the life they've taken. Um, but they're they're confined to those cities. They're not allowed to leave those cities. That's why they're cities of refuge. And they're entire cities, again, for a whole lot of people, apparently, who've committed um, manslaughter, who've killed someone, but not intentionally, or at least um, so that they haven't don't have to face the trial for it um, yet, so that they can flee there for safety. That's the last verse in this reading. So that's where we'll end this reading. As always, thank you for checking out The Naked Truth with me. I hope it's a blessing for you, and I hope you'll join me again. God bless you. I love you, and I'll see you next time. Peace be with you.